0: Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. If you'd like to, I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed. And we're going to practice the third step prayer in application. So the way that I do that is I do it one breath at a time. So the meditation has ended, but I'm still going to stay connected to my breath and I'm going to start some prayer. So I do it one breath at a time, and I breathe a few breaths in between each line and think about what it's asking me to do. So the first line of the third step prayer is the word God. So I breathe in the word God. And then I take a few breaths, and I try to connect with that thing inside of me. That higher power, that creative consciousness, that whatever you call it, just try to make that connection for a few breaths. And then I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths and I just check in with myself and see where am I? Do I really offer myself? How committed to that offering am I right here, right now? Breathe in the next line of the prayer. To build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths. And I think about what God might want to build with me or do with me today. breathe out the next line of the prayer. Take away my difficulties. Oh, I'm sorry. Relieve me of the bondage of self. <laughs> and I take a few breaths and I just like to think about what am I still bound to? What stories? What old ideas? What opinions am I stuck with today? breathe in the next line of the prayer that I may better do thy will and I take a few breaths and I think about right, picture myself doing God's will better without the distraction of the bondage of self. And I breathe out the next line of the prayer, take away my difficulties. a few breaths and I think about what have been my difficulties today, just today, just this day. and I breathe in the next line of the prayer, that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths, and I think about how I might affect the people that I come in contact with today, having had the bondage of self removed and all of the difficulties that stand in the way of my doing God's will. breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. I I just like to take a few breaths and have the feeling inside of me as if I am actually doing God's will and the peace that comes with that. And whenever you're ready, gently open your eyes, allow yourself to just be aware that now your eyes are open and you're seeing, staying connected to the breath. So you're breathing and seeing and hearing, you might feel your butt on the seat or your feet on the floor. So you're breathing and seeing and feeling. I like to take a moment and just acknowledge what I'm seeing to my higher power without a story connected to it. So I like to, oh, I see some paper towels, God. God, I see the sunlight. I see some flowers. I see some beautiful people on my screen. Not losing the connection with the breath. All right. So, I'm Randy. I'm alcoholic. (laughs) I am allergic to alcohol. Uh, The reason I'm here today is not because I'm allergic to alcohol. I'm here because I have a disease called alcoholism. That's a disease that centers in my mind, it talks to me in my own voice, and it manifests as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry and easily frustrated and can't stand the word no. And I have to acknowledge that that's who I am today. Just like a person who needs glasses to see, If they don't wake up and say, oh, everything's blurry, I should put my glasses on, they won't put their glasses on and then they'll bump into stuff and not be able to see and life will be very, very difficult. I am like that. I am like a person who cannot use their mind to good purpose. And if I don't acknowledge that I have this thing called alcoholism, I will get out of bed and start bumping into people, places and things and have a very, very hard time of it. So I have to acknowledge what I have today that I still have it with lots of years of recovery. I still have alcoholism. I still need to treat it today. Just like a person who needs glasses needs to put on their glasses. I I'm going to be able to see you better now than I could without them. I could tell myself I don't want to wear them, but it doesn't matter I can't see you if I don't wear them. And it's the same thing with the disease. I cannot live in this world if I don't acknowledge that I have it and start treating it. Um, So, we have decided that Saturdays is going to be literature days. Uh, I will say this. We're going to go through the 12 steps. We're going to go through some of Tebow papers. Uh, Right now, we're reading how it works. Uh, This is not to teach you anything. I am not here to teach you anything. Uh, But there's a lot of good stuff in the literature, and it does give the meeting a focus so that we're not saying exactly the same thing every single Wednesday and Saturday. <laughs> Even though there's, the tendency is to want to learn this, and the reason I want to learn it is because I have a disease that wants to be the power for my life, and the disease wants to learn this information so that the disease can apply it in my life in the future to help me get the things that the same disease is telling me that if I have those things, then I'll be happy. Except for that that same disease, when I get those things is still not happy and tells me I need different things. And it's constantly changing the, 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 the target. And so even when I get exactly what my mind tells me is the thing that would make me happy, I'm still not happy. And I have to know that. And so you're not going to learn any tricks or techniques in order to trick yourself into being happy with the things that you get that your mind told you would make you happy. And then when you get them, it still tells you that they're not right. So that's not going to happen. But what is possible is that I could have some sort of an awakening to the idea that I'm the wrong power for my life. And in that awakening, I might start turning to a power greater than myself for the peace that I think I can get from more money, different relationship, better house, better car, better job, better anything. Less weight, better haircut, different hair color. Whatever it is my mind's telling me today is the thing that if I had that thing, then my mind would shut up. It's not true, it's a lie. The disease is a lie over and over and over again. It has lied to me. It has tricked me into thinking that this time it'll be different. It did it with alcohol for years. Just drink, it'll kill the pain. Then I drink and I cause more pain in my life and everyone else's. And then it says, well, you're an idiot because you drink. And then I stop drinking because it says you should stop drinking. And then when I get in enough emotional pain, it says you should drink again. And it's me. It sounds like me. It sounds like a good idea. Okay, let's drink. And then I get back into a world of pain. And then it tells me I'm an idiot for drinking. Same disease, same mind, same problem, drunk or sober, never changes. So we're reading through literature. So we're going to read through it and look for application. Look for how do I, what is it that it's asking me to do or not do? And then try to do that right now. So we've read the first two paragraphs of how it works, so we're at, at some of these I balked. Uh, At some of these I balked, at some of these 12 steps I have balked. I thought I could find an easier, softer way, but I cannot. With all the earnestness at their command, they beg of me to be fearless and thorough through the very, from the very start. I have tried to hold on to my old ideas and the result is nil until I let go. Absolutely. Oh, so for those of you that weren't here last week or or that don't know me, I read everything in the eye because this is a story about my life and my alcoholism. You can read it however you want. It's a we program. We all do this together, but if I don't do it, there's no we. And so I read it in the eye. So I have balked. At some of these, I have balked. At all of these steps, I have balked. At all of them, I have balked. I always think I know better. Uh, In the second step, (laughs) in the second step in the 12 and 12, it says, uh, who doesn't think they're just a little bit smarter than everyone else? And I... I don't think I'm smart. I'm not book smart. I don't. I haven't read all the classics. Uh, I, I'm not a book smart person, but I've read a few books. And I'm not the most street smart person in the world, but I've had some time on the streets. And I'm not the best business person in the world, but I've been in business for a while. But here's what I am sure of in alcoholism. I am sure that my package of the books that I've read and the streets that I've lived on and the businesses that I've worked on, that my whole package is just a little bit smarter than yours. (laughs) So I'll listen to what you say and I'll listen to your advice, but I'm the one who's going to decide all by myself just what I'm going to do and just what I'm going to say. I think I can find an easier, softer way, but I have been blungeoned into the idea that I cannot. I've tried everything. I've tried more money. I've tried different relationships. I've tried drinking and not drinking. I've tried everything. There is no easier, softer way than 12 steps as a way of life for me. So... The way I read it is with all their earnestness, like my sponsors and the people in AA that tried to help me, even though I have a super closed mind and I think I know everything on my own. They beg of me to be fearless and thorough from the very start. From the very start is right now. Doesn't matter how long you've been sober. The very start is right now. This is the moment I'm starting my recovery for today, right now. It doesn't even matter what I've done all day. I try to hold on to my old ideas. Right now, some of you are listening to what I'm saying and you're deciding whether what I'm saying is true or false based on everything you know up until this moment. It does not matter what I'm saying. I promise you, the words that are coming out of my mouth do not matter and will not change you. But if you will... Have an open mind if you will invite a higher power into your life right now and ask it to help you hear what you need to hear, not what I'm saying, but what you need to hear, you might have an experience. But it's all of my old ideas that get in the way of my listening with an open heart and an open mind. Because my old ideas say, no, I have to protect myself from this maniac who thinks he knows everything about the program." And then my mind shuts down and I'm not in a relationship with my higher power and I cannot hear what's being said. I'm going to say this again. What I'm saying and what I'm reading does not matter. The only thing that matters right now is that I have an open mind and that I am willing to let go of my old ideas of everything I think I know up until this moment for an open mind. A mind free of self, a mind with no preconceived ideas. I can't hurt you. I'm on the other end of a computer. I'm nowhere near you. I cannot hurt you. Do not be afraid of me. It's not me that you're afraid of, by the way. It's your old ideas. (laughs) It's what your mind is telling you about me or about this process, or about AA, or about your work, or about your job, or about your boss, or about your partner. It's the old ideas that hurt me. Right now, in this moment, right here, right now, to everyone I can see, some of you don't have your videos on, and that's fine, but to everyone that I can see, nobody and nothing is hurting you right now. The only thing that could be hurting you right now is your old ideas, your story about something that's happened in the past or your story about something you think is going to happen in the future. Oh, God, help me. Help me. Help me to be okay in this moment. Help me to be open. Help me to be a channel of your peace. Help me to be the man that you would have me be right now. Could you guide me and direct me? Could you protect me from my old ideas? Could you help me to see the truth in this moment right now? Could you be with me? My old ideas are never going away. That's alcoholism. The alcoholism is never going away. I'm always gonna have it. I'm always gonna have to treat it. The treatment is always going to be God could and would if it were sought. There's no other treatment. The only question is, am I willing to be soughting? That's the only question. Uh, There's one word in the book. There's one word in all of the literature. Sorry. I just. There's one word in all of the book that I would change. And I think it's the most damaging word in the book. And it's in the next sentence. It says, remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling and powerful. I don't believe that we deal with alcohol, not one bit. What I deal with is alcoholism. I have to remember, which is what I started out saying this, in this talk. Remember, I have to remember today, right now, that I deal with alcoholism and that alcoholism is cunning, baffling and powerful. I don't know how cunning, baffling, and powerful a, a liquid medicine that sits in a bottle is. I'm Alcohol itself is not cunning, baffling, and powerful. It's just a medicine. It's just a plant-based medicine that I can't take anymore because I'm allergic to it. But alcoholism is cunning, baffling, and powerful. So cunning, baffling, and powerful that it's mind-blowing. My first sponsor said to me one day, He looked across the table at me and he said, Randy, if you knew how sick you are, your head would explode. (laughs) I got very offended by that because I thought, look, here I am. I'm 27 years old. I'm hanging out with this 52 year old man and I'm letting me talk and talk and talk about alcoholics. and I'm such a great guy that I'm letting this guy do all this talking and I'm just listening. And he's telling me how sick I am. My head would explode. How dare he? That's how cunning, baffling and powerful alcoholism is. Without help, it is too much for me. But there is one who has all power. It's not my sponsor. It's not my wife. It's not the IRS. It's the one that has all power that one we call it god around here it's shorthand for higher power it's shorthand for something it's shorthand for now this moment right now but there's one who has all power that one is god may i find him now may i find it now may i at least be soughting it now i don't i don't think i've found god i have found something that restores me to sanity i don't know what it is or how it works or what it's called I don't know what its name is. I don't know which way to pray to it. I just practice. I practice the prayers that I've been taught. I practice the names that I've been given and something happens. I do not know it. I just feel it right now. And then of course my favorite paragraph in the whole book, half measures avail me nothing. I stand at the turning point. I ask his protection and care with complete abandon. So, half measures avail me nothing. That Usually when you hear that, that's a sponsor telling a sponsee, you're not doing this enough or hard, you're, you know, you need to go harder, you need to do this more, you're not committed, try harder, you're half measuring it. And that's not what this paragraph is about. It's about, I stand at the turning point right here, right now, in this moment, I stand at a turning point. I'm either asking, I ask His protection or God's protection or its protection. I ask its protection and care with complete abandon of self, of my old ideas, of what I think will make me happy. Or I stand at the turning point And I ask my protection and care with complete abandon of God. And there are no half measures. I don't get half God and half Randy or half God and half alcoholism. I stand at the turning point and I choose. I'm going to put my attention on God or I'm going to put my attention on alcoholism. And there's no half measures. And I have to know that. I have to know that. Because I want to practice a little bit of God in order to get the things that I think will make me happy. And that's half measures, except for that there are no half measures. So I'm practicing God to get what Randy wants, <laughs> which means I'm not asking its protection and care. I'm, a, I'm asking its assistance and, and help <laughs> in getting what I want, not in doing what it might want me to do. And then here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. So here are the steps that I am taking, that I am practicing as a program of recovery. One, I admit, I read it in the eye. I admit I'm powerless over alcohol. I would love to change that to, I admit I'm allergic to alcohol. I'm allergic to it. I don't, really, powerless over alcohol is, a little nebulous to me, I'm 100% allergic to alcohol. I can never, ever drink alcohol successfully again. That takes the idea that maybe I could get some power over it out of the equation completely. I'm allergic. There's no power needed. I'm allergic. And that my life has become unmanageable. I add a little bit to it, of course, because I'm a little different, but I say that I'm allergic to, I admit I'm allergic to alcohol and that my thought life has become unmanageable. My inner thought life has become unmanageable. I am coming to believe, two, I am coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Three, I am making a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. Four, I'm making a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself. Five, I'm admitting to God, to myself, and to another human being the exact nature of my wrongs. Six, I am entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. I like the reading where it says, I am, I am entirely ready to have God remove all of my defects of character. I humbly ask him, or it, I humbly ask it to remove my shortcomings. I made a list of all persons, I'm making a list of all persons I've harmed, and I'm becoming willing to make amends to them all. I'm making direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. I'm continuing to take personal inventory, and when I'm wrong, I'm promptly admitting it. Eleven, I'm soughting through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God as I understood it, praying only for knowledge of its will for me and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a sp- having a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, I try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all my affairs. I exclaimed, what an order, I can't go through with it. Of course, I've exclaimed that every day. What an order, how can I go through with this? I shouldn't be discouraged. No one else has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not, I am not, we are not saints. I am not a saint. The point is that I am willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles that have been set down are guides to progress. I claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So, I am not a saint. I don't do this very well. I'm terrible at it. But I do claim, I, I am willing to grow along spiritual lines. I am willing, today, I am willing to grow along spiritual lines. Today, right now, today, I claim spiritual progress. I claim spiritual progress because I've meditated. Because I've done the third step prayer. Because I'm at a meeting right now, trying to carry a message. Because I'm asking my power to be with me today to show me who I am, and I'm asking to have my old ideas removed. And I'm claiming some spiritual progress. I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. The more time you spend with me, the more you'll know that. But I do claim some spiritual progress today. I claim a little. And most people use that. We are, I'm not a saint. I'm never going to do this perfectly. Most people use that to cosign their bad behavior, but that's not why it's there. The important part is am I claiming some spiritual progress today? Not spiritual perfection. It's not important that I'm not spiritually perfect, it's only important that I'm claiming some some progress today. Okay. The description of me as an alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostics, and my personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that I am alcoholic. I am alcoholic and I cannot manage my own life. I'm al- I'm allergic to alcohol and I cannot manage my thought life. B, that probably no human power can relieve my alcoholism. You're a human power and I'm a human power, and neither one of us can remove my alcoholism. But God could and would if it were sod. So the real question is, am I gonna be sodding? I can't blame my lack of sodding on you. I can't blame it on my job. I can't blame it on my wife. I can't blame it on my kids. I can't blame it on my dogs or my money or my anything. I'm either sodding or I'm not sodding right now, in this moment, right now. And if I'm uncomfortable, it's usually because I'm standing at the turning point and I'm asking my protection and care and I'm self-talking about the future or the past. And I'm in complete abandon of my higher power. Or, or, I'm sodding. I'm sod. I'm I'm, I'm I'm reaching out to something and asking it to help me and letting the chips fall the way they fall. So that's what's being offered in how it works. Uh, I'll say this again. I believe that how it works is the most important part of any. Well, I believe that in most meetings, that's the most important part of the whole meeting. And for years, I would let them read How It Works and I would be self-talking or looking at my phone or talking to the person next to me because I thought How It Works is read for the newcomer who's never heard it before. But it's actually being read for me to check in and slow down and put my attention on listening. And today it's my five-minute meditation at the beginning of every meeting because most meetings don't start with meditation. And I get to meditate on listening to every single word of how it works and trying to ask my higher power to help me hear what it's saying again and again and again at every meeting. Because if I don't do that, I'm going to be self-talking, which means when the speaker starts talking, I'm going to be judging and analyzing and trying to uh, tearing them apart if if I'm indeed even paying attention to the speaker there's a much higher chance that I'm gonna continue the conversation that I've been having with myself, which is about how much money I have in the bank or whether I should stay married or not, or if I need a new job, or whatever else my mind thinks is more important than this speaker who doesn't have as much time as I do and it, who's just doing drunk a lot. All right, I'm gonna stop talking now. I've talked a lot. Uh, we're gonna open the meeting up for sharing. You can share about what was read. You can share about whatever you want. It's Alcoholics Anonymous go wild. Uh, I do record the meeting. Uh, We do play the meeting back for people that want to listen to it again, so you don't have to take notes. And even if you did take notes, we talked about it a little last time. It's hard to find them right when you need them. But it's good to have them. Uh, So that's enough out of me. So if you would like to share, we're going to open it up for sharing all you got to do is raise your hand didi Dee Dee. hi didi Dee Dee. Um,
1: okay uh, my name is Didi. i'm an alcoholic i drug addict I, I i thank you i was laughing when you said about judging the speaker and the drug because the other day i was like they were like oh and i drank and like they're explaining the street they drank. I'm like, come on already. I don't care. And Avenue B and C and you know, so, but it was good to hear you. And I really love that. I never thought about that. Like, remember that alcohol is cunning, baffling and powerful, you know, like, see it that way. It's alcoholism, not alcohol, you know, that's giving me the problem. And it's great to hear you. And I, I'm traveling to Africa tomorrow on um, my one of my bucket list trips that i've been there like three times already but you know uh it was all planned before covid and anyway uh, and this is what i'm doing tomorrow so i you know and why am i unhappy today because i have to fill out all these forms and it should be happening without covid you know it's like never ending it's just you know the stories the stories of, oh, i'm not gonna have a good time or blah 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 and, I just was dying to be here and meditate and honestly, like leave with the message that right here, right now, you know, like I, I really wanted to soak it in and like right here, right now, because uh, this is never going to happen again. I mean, this experience like right here, right now and tomorrow and when I get to the park and and, you know, so I'm grateful for the. Cause I just want to take it all in. I've been there and it's like the most breathtaking, I mean, the sunsets and the sunrises and like, that's why I'm going back. But at the same time, you know, I'm taking my alcoholism with me, you know, and they're just building stories and, you know, and I'm already fighting with the, the, the people that are asking me for my COVID test. Don't you know it's already negative? You know, I'm like, Jesus, I mean, I'm already like, don't take your fight over there, you're going to lose. So, you know, it's, you know. My sponsor said, your future is friendly,
2: <laughs>
1: you know, so I want a, f- a friendly future. Anyway, it's good to be here. Uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And thank you. Thank you for your message.
0: Thanks, Didi. Dee Dee. Have the best trip ever right now. David. David, I'll call it. Hi, David. Thanks, Randy. I heard a lot
3: today that I want to get off my chest, I guess. I think at the turning point. I've been saying that a lot lately. Um, and you talk about the glasses the, I, I, I'm, it's obvious that I have the glasses issue that we're glasses, but when I if the glasses can only see so much when I put them on it's like I can see things clearer but I can't see I still have a warped perception even if I glass I kind of need god glasses to see what I really need to see because um, I'm not seeing reality and it's logic has nothing to do with this you were talking about logic and kind of thinking your way through this thing and um there's no way to figure it out. There's no trick. I hear a lot of people trying to figure it out and it's like letting go is the only way to do that. Um, I guess letting go and letting God, you know, letting, uh, something higher work through you to see what things really are. And when you're holding on is where the pain is for me. It's what I'm trying to hold on to an old idea. Like you're talking about, um, that, um, you know that ego. I think it protects self or ego is self. I don't know one or the other. I think ego protects self in a way that it doesn't want you to be happy. It doesn't want you to see the world that it really is. It wants you to stay in pain in itself and wants you to hold on. Um, and ego is why we have to, you know, deflate it because I think that's a big problem too. I think ego is the same as self, kind of in a way. It's the it's the anti all the anti God part of us. The other side, there's their corner there's God and there's self or ego, ego separates us from God, I think, um, yeah, whatever it says, you know, I think I know anything, I don't know anything, I don't, like, when I first started is when I knew, when I started seeking, when I first started, when I, when I first got sober, is where um, the magic kind of happened when I started to believe, and that seeking is where, for me, is where it, it is, always seeking with an open mind and an open heart, realizing, you know that this. God's the only way to go. So I think that is the only way that I can see this world the way that it really is. Because even with glasses, I see it. It's still blurry. Even though I can see in front of me, it's still blurry. And I need that. I need that connection. I need that. Like I need to let it go and uh, not knowing and the willingness and crushing the ego and letting go of old ideas and all that stuff. And you said it's a lie. It is all a lie. The way we see, even if I see it right, it's still a lie it wants me to be miserable and I don't let it down nowadays because I can see that it is a lie and I can see enough I can see like a glimpse where I can see that what's going on really isn't what's going on and I can grow from that little glimpse that I can grow and grow and grow but it takes that little bit of willingness like you're talking about it's that little bit of seeing there's more to this than what I can really see with lots of them
0: so thanks, thanks that was a sure. Thank you. Claire.
4: Oh, thanks. Hi, everyone. My name is Claire. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Thank you, Randy. I love listening to you uh, share about the literature and, and, and op- open the literature up for me. And, um, you know, where you just finished off there, um, you know, you got me onto. Six years ago now, you got me onto reading pages 60 to 63 every morning in the first person, in the present tense. And for the vast majority of the mornings in the last six years, um, I've read that and it has served me, it has sorted me out. I, I call it like brainwashing. I wake up in the morning with untreated alcoholism and I need to wash my brain and I just wanted to share something that I kind of not not changed exactly but added to I had to photocopy it because my book was falling apart at those those pages because I read it so much but I'm so I start my 60 to 63 from our description of the alcoholic and I've underlined our description of the alcoholic and I've written in the margin hopeless drunk tragically despairingly pathetically, wretchedly, desperately, no good to anyone, especially Scout and Matilda, they're my children, and cannot stop, which I've got in capital letters and underlined twice. But then, because this is what, you know, then I've got underneath that written hopeless, sober, anxious fearful controlling deluded irritable despairing dissatisfied self piteous uncomfortable resentful arrogant prideful jealous inferior superior suicidal, disappointed in myself and shameful that's me sober that's me sober without a program you know that's that's me I, so basically i i'm trying not to swear so but Basically, I'm screwed. Screwed isn't a swear word, is it? I'm screwed. Drunk or sober, I am screwed. Claire is not the right power for my life. Claire is... Claire, like like you shared about, you know, we stand at the turning point. I have to take Claire. I have to take what Claire thinks, what Claire believes, what Claire wants, what Claire... Claire remembers what Claire foretells of the future. I have to take all that and I have to put it to one side. And I have to say, all right, God, let's do it with you. You know, I am your servant. Take me where you will have me go. Show me what you want me to say. And if I do that, and I, I, I manage it some days and I don't manage it other days, I manage it with varying results. But if I do manage it, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. I'm like it says in the book. I'm catapulted into the fourth dimension of existence. I'm free. I'm free. I'm absolutely free, and I'm in faith, and I have an amazing life. And um, I'm so I'm so grateful for I'm so grateful for this program. It has categorically changed my life. I'll leave it there. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Claire. Christine.
2: Hi, I'm Christine, I'm an alcoholic. It's so great to see everybody today. Um but did say the future is friendly. Yeah. Um the future is friendly and I have to remember that because I have um I have alcoholism, which um which clouds everything that I do and uh say, think, feel uh mentally, spiritually, physically, mentally and spiritually. And so being aware of that and the 60 and 63 at first I thought that that was like a punishment but now I see it's a direction because it shows me when any of my um, because my ego is something that I need. We all need an ego to defend ourselves. but if, if it becomes out of order. if I'm trying to manipulate somebody by being too good or trying to manipulate somebody, by uh, being nasty it's the, that's ways that my ego gets out of uh, out of line you know it gets and, and so it's being right for me it's being a right size and recognizing how when I am upset it's a projection and I'm learning more about the more I learn about projection and myself the way that I react to things the way that I lie to myself in little ways And, like, you know, I've been having this, chewing on this resentment for my boss who's training me really well. And he is also picking on me a lot. But, I mean, he's training me in a new career, you know, and he's very tough. And um, so I'm projecting on him that he's all these things when it's really me who is, you know, who is just, who is not accepting that uh, I'm not doing something right. And um, that really loosens the hold of the resentment for me. And it really uh, helps me to um, see things as they are. And for me, I can only get to that place when I meditate. You know, I mean, I I could, you know, for me, I need a lot of things to clear this channel. And it's like I need to meditate to calm my mind down like a sea. I need to uh, do like the pranayama breathing. I need to eat some breakfast. I need to sleep. I need to. Um, I need to uh, get love from my friends and family. I need all these things so that I have so that I'm on a baseline of a clear channel, and then I can, in that moment, turn it over and really see clearly, like, like. As you say, it's it's in the moment. It's in the turning in the moment. It's in the it's all in the turning of the moment in the moment. And when I do that, the all the, when I do those things, when I keep turning and I, I keep getting the right um, what's the next. I keep asking what's the next right thing because then I start to rely on the, my spirit, the spirit, the spirit that's it within me and all of us more than I rely on. Um, my ego and my ideas of the world, which are like this big, and the spirit is just completely, you know, it's a quantum and then, you know, it's a quantum leap a Mandela effect, whatever you want to say. So thanks.
0: Thanks, Christine. Juliet. Hi
5: I'm Juliet. I'm an alcoholic. Hi Juliet. God has definitely paid me double for my trouble, so I'm grateful for that. Um, I really love the big book, and I love this reading, and, um, you know, like what was said, I have definitely tried what I thought were easier, softer ways, which only eventually took me the long route around where I was supposed to go, the long, painful route, Um, which I'm sure there's more to come. (laughs) Because I'm an alcoholic and I'm not uh, healed, but I like to think that as I um, that I get quicker and um, that I don't stay in the pain too long um, or as much as I used to. Um, I don't have claw marks all over my character defects or anything. A lot of things, um, and I'm so grateful that I'm being con- constantly. God is revealing to me uh, more things about myself. I'm open to see them good and bad. Like there's really good things about me that I never thought, you know, I didn't really find healing in this program until I learned how to really love myself, which was a tall order. So that was one of the old ideas that I had to let go that I just wasn't as bad as I thought I would was, you know, I was, I thought I was um, a piece of crap. And, um, you know, I like to think and, you know, I, today I am willing to be honest and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And I am willing to seek God and I'm willing to allow God to allow, uh, to um, guide my life, which is not something I came into AA for. Um, I didn't really even like people. Um, they had always hurt me and let me down. But I learned that that's just just not true. That was my old life and my old ideas. But today it's safe to be me, to allow others into my life. Um, You know, I like to think of old ideas. They feel familiar, but they don't fit anymore into my life. And I really like what you said about right now, because every single day is a new day for me to practice. Like, I have... For, for this alcoholic, I have to do my quiet time and meditation every day. I don't ever skimp on that. I actually take lots of it um, because the seeking is what replaced my ism, my alcoholism, the seeking, the, the, uh, seeking of spirituality. And, um, you know, most of the time today, I'm not jealous of what other people have. And I'm not seeking, you know, oh, they have the best house or they have the nicest car or they're life seems so wonderful. Like I look at my life with a lot of gratitude. And, um, when I came in, I was just so full of guilt and shame and remorse. And, um, so today is, um, much better. And so thank you for your shares and, um, and, the the I part of reading the steps too, like, but that really takes ownership <laughs> off of everybody else and puts it on myself. So isn't that wonderful <laughs> More <laughs> responsibility for heaven's sakes. All right. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks Julia.
0: <laughs> Pete. Pete alcoholic. I What's
6: love Pete? the fact that I'm not going to, like You're not going to be the teacher, and I'm not going to be this person that's going to have all this reading all of a sudden just wash over me, and I'm going to be like the the kickass AA member. It's, it's this whole dissolving of self that I'm uh, willing to do uh, as a result of the pain that I accrue sober. Um, the drinking days were a long time ago, and there was a lot of drama, and I had a lot of alcohol to blame it on. Because it just made sense. It's like, yeah, well, I was drunk. Yeah, well, I was drunk. Yeah, I crashed the car because I was drunk. And now, crashing the car when I'm sober is a little bit like, I don't have that I don't have that excuse anymore. And it's and it's almost like a little bit more weirder. So just a little bit more insane that I decided at that moment to do what I thought was the best thing, independent of God, independent of the laws of the traffic, independent of whatever. And then I crashed the car. Um, and that's a metaphor for my life, and it's an actual reality. Uh, my, my last car accident was uh, March 2020. I'm still paying for it. Um, but you know the, the 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 car wrecks that I get into in my mind, like like the fact that you know you're sitting there with a 52 year old man talking about your favorite subject, you, and how great you are, and what brought you in at 27, and how you're going to be the man of your life, and all this stuff, like what what made that framework and that construct possible and you know because like what i what i'm in the position now is i'm on the other side of the coffee table i'm no longer like trying to like um prove to the world that i'm the man but when someone wants what i have the only thing that enables me to sit there and hold space for that individual is this thing called love and you guys showed me the very thing that i was looking for in relationships and business opportunities and band and all the things that i thought i wanted and they all let me down and, and ultimately my relationship with alcohol is codependent it loved i loved it it never loved me back and and that's how i walked through my life cultivating relationships based off of that codependence that false dependency on things people and places and here I'm shown by people in Alcoholics Anonymous, not taught, not lectured at, because it says in in our uh, Forward to the Second Edition that there's no lectures to be endured. So who am I to come in and start talking for you and start saying, you know, the gradient factor of this thing? There is none. But am I happy? I mean, I I had a woman call me crying the other day from Alcoholics Anonymous. I used to sponsor her. It was a year has gone by. I have not spoken to her and she's demanding me understand where she's at and that's where it needs to be. And I need to figure it out for her. And, and at the end of the day, like I I held the space for her, but like, if you're doing so good, then, then why, what can I do to provide anything in your life? Right? So my, so I have to be way more vigilant on my letting go of what I think I know, but I have to be presented with something new. And that's why I keep looking at meetings as, as, opportunities to either carry the message or to, to glean more of what this thing is that I'm up against, which is me because my ego cloaks itself in the veil of opportunity and more money and more love and more, more, more. And and that's just, it's never enough. It never was enough. So dissolving of Pete is the only shot I have, but I can't say I'm there unless what you said, unless I take the time to meditate. It's not an 11-and-a-half-step program. sought through prayer. It's prayer and meditation. And not and or, it's and meditation. I need to be dissolving myself into the realm of the spirit. I, I, you can't do it for me, but I can make the decision to put myself in a position to do it for me. I can't do it for me either, but this power has way more uh, profundity than I ever thought it could, as long as I don't think I have an idea of what it should be doing. Thanks for my sobriety.
0: Thanks, Pete. One minute, Phyllis. Sorry, we. You're up.
1: Uh, wow, you said so many great words. Slow down. Listen. Practice. Choose. Choice The choice to either be with self, small self, or true self. That's and it's it's a practice. It's a practice of being honest and willing to let go of my old ideas that was so precious to me. And, and thank you, Randy, for reading this, because I was one of those people that read how it works, that lists self-talk during how it works. I'm so grateful for today. Thank you, Randy, for bringing a whole
0: new dimension for me, a whole new listening. That's all I have to say, really. Thanks. Thank you, Phyllis. Kathy, I'm sorry. We're out of time. It's after 1230. Uh, Come back next Wednesday or Saturday or stay on after. I'll hang out for a minute or two. Um, Thank you, everybody, for showing up today and creating a space where I could meditate and and be present here with you. It's awesome to be here with you. Uh, I'm going to unmute everybody. Uh, We're working on the... On the flyer for the retreat, uh, Annie and I, it'll be out tomorrow. So it'll be emailed to everybody that's on the email list about the retreat and the details. And I appreciate you. And we'll do a one moment of silent meditation and then we'll do this Randy prayer. You can unmute yourself whenever you like. God. Uh, it's be a a a to to to
3: All
1: right.
0: Thank you,
5: everybody. Thank
0: you, Randy. Thank you,
5: everyone. Blessings, Blessings. on everybody's head.
3: Yes. Yeah. Safe travels, DD.
5: And they go. yeah. God
1: bless TD. Yeah. Bye, Bye guys. Love you. See
0: Bye, Hey
2: Phyllis. Love you.
1: Man, yeah. Where is Jeff? I haven't seen him for a while. He was here. Who? Yeah, I know. I, He's here. I know. Now I I haven't seen him in a while though. Hey Phyllis, Aww. it's Ruth. How do I get your phone number? Uh. Could you put it in the chat real quick? I can't, oh, real quick, is uh, <laughs> but I will do it now. Hey, Phil, give up that number. <laughs> <laughs> call, me, call me right now, Bye, uh, guys. Love you, Randy. Thank you.
0: Bye. Nice love to
2: see it.
0: you. Yep. Thanks, Randy. Thank you,
5: Randy. Bye.
2: Love you.